Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. So the central idea today is you have life in God through the power of the Holy Ghost. You have life in God. What is life? Someone might ask. What is life all about? What is the purpose of life? Why am I here on this earth? Why did God put me here? Some would say, well, God didn't put me here. I just came from some micro microism or microbiism, whatever you call the word. And then I come from the slough. I come from a monkey. I come from the Big Bang. And I'm here. We've evolved to where I am today. Let me help you today. You didn't come from any of that. You came from God. God created you. Just like he spoke in the word of God in Genesis that God created man and woman. Amen. He formed you in his own image, in his own likeness. He made you. Jeremiah says that he even formed you in his mother's womb, in your mother's womb. Before he formed you, before you were even born, God was forming you. God had a plan for you. God had a purpose for you. Today, your plan and purpose in life is found only in God. This is why people that do not believe in God or walk with God have no purpose. This is why life is a constant roller coaster and life has no bearings. Life has no govern in their life. They're not governed by God, so they're governed by their own thoughts and feelings. And this is where recklessness comes from. This is where chaos comes from and ultimately defeat comes from because they have no governor in them who is the Holy Spirit. Let me help you. The Holy Spirit today in you, if you are a believer, is the governor in your life, meaning he will govern you. He will train you. He will teach you. He will shape you. He will comfort you. He will lead you if you will yield your life to him. Amen. Come on. So today, there is life for every person. But what is true life? Is it the way I feel? Is it when I got money in my bank account? Is it when I'm not fighting with my spouse? Is it when my kids are acting right? Is it when everything's going good? You know, everything's right. My car's running good. I'm able to have some more spending money. I'm able to build the house I want. My kids, they're in college or in university. You know, they're not getting drunk and running wild. They actually got a good moral uh, code within them. Is that what true life is? Or is it only found really in God? See, life in God will secure you to live on this earth, meaning it will give you protection. It will give you help. It will give you a place in this life to not constantly be Allow the things that you're up against to defeat you and beat you up constantly. Because we know in the Bible, in John chapter 10, that the Bible says that Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Meaning he is a life taker. He does not want you to have life. But we know in that same passage of scripture, the Bible says that Jesus is the good shepherd. And he's come to give you an abundant life. Come on, how many want an abundant life? That life, that word means zoe, and it means a God kind of life. Today, there is a God kind of life for every single one of us today. The Bible even says this, again, in John 6, 63, it is the Spirit who gives life. Now, go to 1 Corinthians, and I want to show you something that lives in you. I want to show you who lives in you, because a lot of people don't have an understanding that they're being the 
Third part of the triune being, God the Spirit dwells in you, lives in you, abides in you, the Bible says. And go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, and I want to point out of how the Holy Spirit dwells in you and lives in you. And this is done the moment you receive salvation, the moment you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, bam, you become awakened, you become alive. And it is done by the power of the Holy Spirit. We call this the inward work of the Holy Ghost. And I taught a little bit on this Wednesday night. So those that were there, you're going to hear some similar things. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, and I'm going to read two different translations, the King James Version and also the Amplified. And the Bible says this, Know ye not that you are a temple of God, speaking of the believer, speaking to the church today. Speaking to the individual today, the Christian today, amen? You are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God, meaning the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, God the Spirit, dwells in you, or dwelleth in you, lives in you. Now, 1 Corinthians 3.16, and the Amplified says it this way. It gives us a little bit more. It says, do you not discern and understand that you... The whole church at Corinth is who he was speaking to, but we can also take it for ourselves today. The whole church at Pursuit today, come on, who's a church today? We are. The whole church today are God's temple, meaning his sanctuary, and that God's spirit, the Holy Ghost, has his permanent, say permanent. That's important for you to understand. Permanent, 24-7 is permanent, right? In all areas of my life, the spirit of God is in me. Not only when I'm at church, not only when things are going good, that should be an encouragement to those that are experiencing bad right now in life. That should be an encouragement to those that are experiencing hell on earth at the moment because you have something good in you. You have something that has power. You have something that can comfort you. You have someone that can lead you, that can direct you right now where you are struggling. If it's sin, if it's addiction. If it's pain, if it's issues in your marriage, if it's issues in your job, finances, anything, you have the Spirit of God dwelling in your temple, your body, your sanctuary where he lives. That's good news, amen? And it says to be at home in you collectively as a church. So what does that mean? The Holy Spirit, when we come together, like the Bible says, as living stones, how are we living stones, each and every single one of us? We are alive or we are living because of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. So when you come, when I come, when others come, guess what? We are living stones coming up, making up the body of Christ, and there the Holy Spirit inhabits the praises of his people. He comes in when we are in thanksgiving unto him. Amen? You know what the Bible says? He inhabits the praises of his people. How many know that he is here today, collectively within the body, but also individually in you when you leave this house, when you leave this building? The Holy Spirit is no longer kept in a building like it was in the Old Testament. There was a place called the temple, and they had a place called the Holies of Holies. And this is where the presence of God, the manifested presence of God was at. And only one person could go in there, and he was called the high priest. And he would not dare to go in there. Let me help you because they were scared that they would even die to be in that place. Because if you look in the Old Testament and see even how they had to handle the Ark of the Covenant, if they handled it wrong, well, we know that somebody died because they handled it wrong. So there was procedure 
There was things that they had to do in order to go into the presence of God. Not anybody could just go in there. And now, though, the Bible says because of Jesus, well, that veil, which was a large curtain, think like these big black curtains, there was a curtain that kept the presence of God from the people. Well, that curtain has been rent in two or torn from top to bottom. You've got to think of this. The curtain itself in width was four, or sorry, in depth was four inches. That's pretty big. And it wasn't ripped by a man. It was ripped by God. And what does that mean for you and me today? Because people will hear that, okay, what does that mean? That means that this Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the manifested presence of God, his power is no longer in a temple, man-made things. No, it is in you today. It is in you today. The Bible also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, the amplified version again, do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you? whom you have received as a gift. Notice, you receive of it. You receive. So how did you get saved? You received the free gift of salvation that was given to you by God through his son Jesus. And the moment you received salvation, well, you got born again or you became alive, just like 2 Corinthians 5, 17. The old things have passed away, therefore all things have become new. Do you know what new means? Life, alive. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter one or chapter two, Ephesians chapter two, that in verse one, and you he made alive who were dead in trespass and sin. How many are still a sinner today? Lift your hand. Not? No, you're not. I just wanted to, I wanted to test you. You're not a sinner anymore, because guess what? When you got born again, you got a new nature. You went from sinner to saint. You went from dead to alive. Even the Bible says he made you alive or he quickened you where you were dead. He made you alive. Now you say, well, I still sin. Doesn't that make me a sinner? No, that means that you still are not living according to the new nature that's in you. You are not identifying what, what has changed in you. You are not renewing your mind and being transformed by the word of God. Amen. But let me help you. You can do that by the power of the Holy Ghost. So today, if you are born again, you have a new nature. And this is done through God by giving you the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible even says that the Holy Spirit is a seal upon us. You know what a seal means? It's a stamp of approval. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth... Notice that, the word of truth. So when we hear the word of God, when we hear the word of truth, something happens for a believer and unbeliever as well. Most of you were unbelievers. But when you heard the word of truth, something triggered within your heart. You were crying out for something. You just didn't know at the time it was God. Amen? Amen? But when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and then what did you do? You believed. You had faith to receive what was given for you, given to you 2,000 years ago. You were sealed with the promise, Holy Spirit. That word sealed literally means a stamp of approval. It's a seal of God's approval on your life. You are his. Say, I am his. He is mine. You're a child of God, not by what you do, not by how you live, not by the thoughts you shouldn't have or you should have. Let me help you today. 
It is not by works that I retain righteousness. No, it is through his blood that I am righteous. And that blood was shed one time, and that was done 2,000 years ago for you and me today. But because of this new nature, because of what I've been given, because of the righteous one living in me, I begin to live righteous. I don't want to talk the way I used to talk. I don't want to live the way I used to live. Anyway, uh, used to live. I don't want to do the things I used to do. I want to live consecrated, holy, righteous because of who is in me, because he is dwelling in me. And then what happens when you begin to get understanding, which I hope you are, Man, the Holy Spirit dwells in me. He lives in me. You know what that means? I got to change. But how do I change? Is by me just making better decisions? Yeah, that'll help. But let me help you. The greatest place where change will come from first, get in his presence. You want to experience life? Get in his presence. How do you do so? Pray. Study. Intimacy. Relationship. Fellowship. Communion, And out of that place, you're not going to want to live wrong. Promise you. You're not going to want to live according to the flesh anymore because now you've understood that the Spirit of God dwells in you. And you want to honor him. You want to allow that power within you to transform you like the Bible says it will happen. In verse 13 again, or 14, and who is the guarantee of our inheritance? Still in Ephesians 1. So the Holy Spirit is our guarantee of what? Our inheritance. You today have an inheritance in Christ Jesus. You have an inheritance. How many are excited about that? You know how we leave inheritance for our children? Well, guess what? God has left us an inheritance, and that is the Holy Spirit today. He's your inheritance. Amen? See, we're always trying to get God to do something. God, I need you. God, where are you at? I need something. He's like, I've given it to you. It's my spirit. Receive of it today. Walk in it today and see it change and transform your life today. Some of you need to get happy. Some of you need to begin to realize, man, the Holy Ghost is living in me. I'm a child of God. The thing I'm up against, the thing I'm facing right now, it has no, no match for who is in me. Because the Bible says that he will be in you and then he will work for you. But let me help you with this as well. He will also work through you. Because when you understand that the Holy Spirit is in you and he will begin to work through you for the people around you. And see, this is what we're trying to get to as believers. This is what we're trying to get to as a church where I'm not just staying in that place of him working in me. I want to see him work through me. This is where I want to see the gifts of the Spirit and manifestation. I want to see signs, healings, miracles, wonders. I want to see people get healed in their body. I want to see demons cast out of body. I want to see people saved, set free, and delivered. But you can't get to that place if you don't understand who is working in you yet. I mean, I feel like I'm a lot more energized than you guys are receiving right now. It's probably because I just, I've been living in this for the past month and a half. The church is not supposed to be dead. The church is not supposed to be just going on a Sunday morning for an hour and 45 minutes. Well, hopefully I get something motivational. I don't know. Sometimes he preaches too loud. He got a little too much charisma, uh, charisma about him. It's all right. He's just happy, I guess. I'd rather him just stay right behind the pulpit and be very dignified. Thank you for coming today. Let's not allow methods to hinder what God wants to do through us. Hallelujah. They preached a lot different in the, in, in, the, uh, in the early church. A lot differently. They were on the street. 
Thank, thank God we just we have a building. Or we'd be out on the street. How many want to go to the street right now? <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't see many hands. <laughs> I know. We will, though. Now, you've been sealed with the promise, the Holy Spirit. So think of this. The Holy Spirit's been given to you right now on earth. Why? Because you have need of him. This is your promise. This is your guarantee until you die and go to heaven. Because when you go into heaven, you don't need the Holy Spirit. You're with God. You're in the presence of the almighty God. But right now on earth, his presence is with you through who? The Spirit of God. So hold on. I don't need to get in his presence? No. You're telling me I don't have to work myself to get into that place with him? Or to get him to do something? No, not really. All you have to do is fellowship with him. All you have to do is realize, man, he's in me. Holy Spirit, thank you. And you begin to talk to him. You begin to pray. You, in the Bible, and soon I'm going to get into praying in the spirit. But I'm working my way there. Because there's many free gifts that have been given to the church that you can operate in. And because of a lack of teaching and ignorance and fear, if I can say it that way, we have not used those gifts. But we're going to use every gift that's been freely supplied to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to walk in the fullness of what God has given to us. Amen. Bible even says this in 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22. And it is God who has established us with you in Christ. We are established with God in Christ. We have been anointed, it says. He has anointed us and who has put his seal on us. Look at that. So how are we establishing God or by God in Christ? Through the seal of the Holy Spirit, through the promise of the Holy Spirit. God recognizes the spirit that is within us. The Bible even says that when we pray and we don't know how to pray, that our spirit within us, the Holy Spirit, will intercede for you with groanings that can't be uttered with words. And he will search the deep things of God, the mind of God. See, the Holy Spirit has a great work within you if you will just see it. Amen? He is for you. Now, back to John 6.63. time is it? Okay. Doing good. It is the Spirit who gives life. So when you got born again, guess what? You've been given life. Meaning, every single one of us should be experiencing life. You should be experiencing life today. This is why for the unbeliever, when they see Christians living the same way that they do, it puts them off and saying, why would I want what you have when you live just like me? When I'm going through marriage issues, you react the same way I do. When I have issues in my job, you act the same way I do. When, you're, when I'm sick or when you're sick in your body, you act the same way I do. And you're telling me, go to church, choose Christ. He'll change you. He'll set you free. But you're living bound defeated every time I see you, every time I hear you, you're complaining, you're mumbling, oh, life's so hard. We're the church. How can you be light when you're acting like darkness? Now, I already can hear it because I've made these same excuses. Oh, but we're all struggling people. I get it. This is why we have God. But do you rely on him today? 
Are you relying on him? How do you know you're relying on him? Because you're not the same what you looked like six months ago. You're not the same person you looked like a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. If you still deal with the same struggle you did five, 10, 20, 30 years ago, then that means that you haven't yielded your life completely to the Holy Ghost yet. Because the Bible says he will transform you. He will change you. And if you don't feel changed at all, that you're dealing with the same habitual sin and the same uh, lack of discipline and laziness and complacency and all those things and compromise, let me help you. Get in his presence. Get a revelation of who God is. It's not just a Sunday morning service. It's not. Anybody can do that. The Pharisees did that. They were faithful to their traditions. And for the sake of tradition, they couldn't even see the Messiah. What would happen to us if for the sake of tradition, we can't see God? Let's not get into that place where we can't see God working and wanting to move on our life. Because the reality is he does. But will you get yourself to that place where he's at? It says... The spirit who gives life. Now look at this. The flesh is no help at all. What is the flesh? The mind, the will, the emotions. Your feelings is no help to you as you are walking in God. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to rest in this for a moment. I'm going to read a series of scriptures. I want to just lay a foundation with the word and let the scripture speak to you. Romans 8, 1 through 11. There is therefore now, say now, condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I want you to do this simple declaration with me. Say, I have no condemnation because I am. In Christ. Doesn't that feel good to know? No guilt. No shame. I'm not condemned by who I am in Christ. So anyone that ever tells you that God's mad at me, God's working his wrath on me, he's upset with me, guess what? He took it all on the Father or on the Son. He put all his wrath, all his anger, and he put it on the Son. And he doesn't see your sin anymore. And all you have to do is come humbly before the Father and say, Lord, I give you my life. I serve you, Lord. The Bible says that you can, guess, hear this. The Bible says in Hebrews 4 that you can come humbly or boldly to the throne room of grace and obtain mercy and grace to help you in your time of need. How do you think you can come into that place boldly through the Holy Ghost? See, they couldn't go into that place boldly. They went into that place with the fear of God in them, saying, man, some of us might not come out of this place. Even when the high priest would go in, the people outside the temple or outside the holies of holies in that place, that they would wait to hear back if he would come back out of that place alive. And when he would come back out of that place alive, they would rejoice because he was able to stand in the presence of God without dying. They would rejoice. Today, you have the very presence of God dwelling in you. Now it says, there is there, 
therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. Now look, there's a lot here. And I'm not going to break every single little thing down. Because I don't have time for it. And it says, he condemns sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Look at this. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, Paul in a second is about to say that, well, you walk in the spirit. My question to you, are you walking in the spirit? Or are you walking in the flesh? Do you understand what's been given to you? Because if you did, just like I read a second ago, your flesh is no help at all. So why are you walking in the flesh? Why are you trying to reason the things that you're up against with your mind? Because I know what the mind does. I got a mind too. And that thing likes to have hypotheticals. It likes to create scenarios. It likes to worry. It likes to have a whole bunch of anxiety. It likes to stress. Come on, how many of your flesh likes to stress? Don't lie. You know it does. You're probably stressing right now. <laughs> Could you stress if I'm going to step on your toes? I'm not going to, I promise. <laughs> but what I'm saying is your flesh was made to do that because your flesh is dead. Your flesh is of the old nature. It's of the corrupted seed. That came through Adam and Eve. But let me help you. The Bible says that where there was corruption in that seed, where we've been saved by an uncorrupted seed through Jesus Christ, he is a seed that's been given to us today. Amen? He is the seed of life. Come on. He is the seed of life today. There is life found in Jesus Christ. Go to 1 Peter 2.23, and you can read that. We're not to go there right now. But 1 Peter 2.22 and 2.23, write that down, and you can read that. So your flesh today, how do you respond to life? Do you respond to things firstly by anger, sadness, worry, fear? If this is the first triggered response in you, then that means you are not trusting in and walking in the spirit. And I can guarantee you and promise you, if you build a strong enough relationship with the spirit of God, your first response will not be a fleshly one. You say, is that true? Could that really happen for me? Yeah. Now, through time and process, for sure. You can get to a place that when you start feeling sick in your body, when you start feeling a cold coming on, a headache coming on, or you start hearing about a family member that's not feeling well, rather than giving into that, giving into your mind, giving into the thoughts, you begin to speak the word of God. My son the other day said he wasn't feeling well. I said, come here. Let's pray over him. Laid my hands on him, prayed over him, and that was it. Where many people probably say, all right, let's check the temperature. Let's get some medicine in you. Let's take it to the doctor. Now, am I saying all those things are wrong? Not at all. But what is your first response? What's your first response? It should be prayer. Because prayer comes walking in the spirit. Now, you may have to do things. You may have to get surgery. You may have to go to the doctor, get prescription. Let me help you. That doesn't mean you're out of faith today, no matter what preachers have told you. 
No matter what you've heard, it's not out of faith to take medicine. You know what I do when I got to take medicine? I do it in faith. And say, thank you, Lord, that I don't have to take this anymore, but I'll do it right now if I have to. In the name of Jesus, I'm free, I'm healed. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Don't be foolish. Let me help you. Be led by the Spirit of God. The God will give you, or Spirit of God will give you wisdom. Sometimes we just have some wisdom in things what we do. The doctor's not the devil. <laughs> Can I help you today? Not the devil. Now, there will be people that obviously do not see it the way you do, and you'll have to use wisdom. Amen? Be led by God, and you won't be led into falsehood. But the flesh, it's against your spirit. It says, for those who walk according, or for those who live according to the flesh, now listen to this, they set their minds on things of the flesh. So when you live in the flesh, you're setting your mind on things of the flesh. That's why you can't sleep at night. That's why you're having a trouble be able to function properly with your spouse because your mind's completely set on the flesh, what they're doing wrong to you, what they're not doing, what they should be doing. And you're looking at them through the flesh, through the eyes of your flesh, and that's why you don't love them. But when you look at them through the eyes of the Spirit, when you walk after the Spirit and see them for who God's called them to be and who God's purpose in them to be, well, then you'll be able to love them. And you'll be able to pray for them. And you'll walk in humility towards them, even when you're, they're wrong and you're right. Come on, husbands. Come on, wives. That's both parties. All of us need to learn a little bit of humility. Because that person that you're in a relationship with is not supposed to be the one that you're up against. That's your partner, working side by side together, submitting to God, submitting to one another, honoring one another. See, the reason why things like this hurt so much within the church and outside the church is because the enemy has attacked the family. And family, godly family, godly men and women what it should look like is completely distorted because of what the enemy has achieved in the past thousands of years, especially in the past hundred years. Let me help you. Pursue after God, and you'll have a godly marriage. You'll have a godly wife and a godly husband. You'll have godly children. Amen? This is all done by the Holy Spirit. There is life because, look, life comes from the Holy Spirit, meaning life in marriage, life on the job, life when it comes to my kids, life in the church, life in every aspect, life, Zoe life, the God kind of life that comes by the Holy Ghost. You should be experiencing life today as a Christian. If it's the opposite for you, then I would ask you, are you truly walking in the Spirit? Are you truly walking in what has been given to you? He lives in you. You are housing him. You don't have to live like everybody of the flesh. You don't have to live like everybody of the world. The Bible says that you're in the world, but you're not of the world. So stop trying to be of the world. You're not that person anymore. Don't revert back to it anymore. Imitate God. He says that he's created you in his image, in his likeness. Now, look, 
The Bible says that when you look into the word, into the mirror, it begins to reflect who God is in you. So if you want to change, begin to look at his word. Begin to look into it. Begin to see his word for who he is. And then when you know who he is, you'll begin to know who you are. If you have a lack of identity or purpose today in marriage, as a husband, as a wife, as a friend, as a man, as a woman, look into the word of God and begin to see yourself through what God tells you you are. Now the Bible says this, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. So notice the differences. They oppose one another. Flesh, you're going to get the flesh. You walk in the flesh, you're going to get the flesh. You set your mind on the things of the spirit, you're going to walk in the spirit. So what if the answers to your issues right now is just going to the spirit of God, going to the Father and saying, Lord, here I am. I humble myself. You begin to pray. You begin to pray in the spirit. Begin to build yourself up like the Bible says in your most holy faith. And as you're doing so, saying, God, I don't, I'm not perfect. I don't have all the answers. But I know what's inside me is perfect. Let me help you. What's inside you is perfect. What's inside you has all the answers. The Bible says even the spirit of God will reveal the mysteries of God to you. Some of you are asking God for things. And you're seeking him. Let me help you. Just rest in him. Rest in him. Rest in knowing that God is working for you. Rather than trying to make something happen, trust in him. Stand on his word. It says this, for to set the mind on the flesh, you ready? This one I'm going to end, is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. That life is the same life you see in John 10. It's the same life that Jesus was speaking of, Zoe, life, the God kind of life. Peace, the peace that only comes from being with the God of peace. The Bible says that he will give you a peace that, that surpasses all of your understanding, meaning all of your fleshly intellect, your mind. He'll give you peace. See, Peace comes when you have life in Christ. Peace comes when you are walking in the Spirit. If you want peace today, walk in the Spirit. Because the Bible says if you don't, well, the opposite is death. To walk in the flesh, to set the mind on the flesh, that's death. Meaning it will lead you to feeling death inside and ultimately it probably could kill you. Don't allow the outer circumstances and the things that you're facing to dictate how you are going to live in your life today. Even if you are up against something, if you are facing something, be like David when he shouted, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that stands in front of me? The giant was huge. He said, who is he? He is no match for our God. Some of you need to understand that the thing you're facing right now has, is no match for who God is in you today. It's no match. He is the Lord God Almighty, the creator. He is El Shaddai. He is Elohim. He's Emmanuel. This is our God. 
And you have been given the very nature of God within you. God the Spirit, part of the triune being, the Trinity. His Spirit dwells in you. Let me help you today. There's one more scripture. Thank you, Lord. One more scripture. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believes? According to the working of his, his great might. Say his. Working of whose great might? Yours or his? His. Thank you. That he worked in Christ, that he did in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. What does this mean for us today? When Jesus Christ died, guess what happened to you? You died. When Jesus Christ went to the grave, guess what happened to you? You went to the grave. You were buried with him. When Jesus rose from the dead, guess what happened to you? You rose from the dead. When he ascended into heaven, guess what? You ascended with him. And when he sat down at the right hand of the Father, do you know what happened to us? We sat down with him. Today, you have died. Today, you have been raised again. Today you have ascended. Today you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now look at the next scripture. Far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, and above every name that is named. Every name. Sickness, disease, cancer, lack, divorce, relationship trouble. Every name that is named. Not only in this age, meaning not just in this age. Oh, it should happen this, in this age, in this time of your life. You should be a victor today. You should be overcoming today. Not just barely getting by and hoping that God will do something. No, you should be living in the fullness of Christ today on this earth. As a man, as a woman of God, as a church, we should be living in the fullness of God. But it also says, guess what? Here's another promise. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come, meaning it doesn't stop here today. See, we are eternal beings. We have eternity with the Father. And this is why it scares me for people that do not believe in Jesus Christ. Because their ultimate path of life will lead to destruction, death, and nothingness. They die. They're done. But we don't. We have eternity with the Father. There is hope in who Christ is today. There is hope in what God has given us today. There is hope found in God today. And it's through his son, Jesus Christ. Come on, stay to your feet. You have life, church. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.